good evening, good afternoon. It is currently 6.37 p.m. Friday, July the 1st, 2022. You are tuning in to the Little Miss Nobody Knows podcast. I am Little Miss Nobody Knows. Wow. Um, It has been, I guess, a month since we last got together, guys. Um, I um, have, in the past, previously... Um, committed to to at least two episodes a month, um, but I've been moving around uh, quite a bit in the last month, so that just was not feasible for me. But I am back. Um, there's so much that has been going on, so much, so much, so much in the world, so much in uh, the entertainment um, arena, so much in life. So much in the news, so much in the law, so much in the country. I am in the United States, um, and it's like every day, <laughs> at, at, at multiple points throughout the day, things are going on. You know, there's breaking news here, there's breaking news there. I tell you, there's always something going on. Um, so my life is not the only one that is just busy. Um, let's see, I did say the date and the time. Friday, July the 1st, uh, 6.38 now p.m. Um, oh boy. Um, I think the the big conversation piece, the big uh, topic of discussion that's going on right now um, is the overturning of, or the occurrence rather, of the, of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, the... Um, uh, Supreme Court decision to protect well the previous decision to protect a woman's right to an abortion in our country uh, federally uh, and now uh, it has as of several days ago been overturned which was something that uh, was surreal to me uh, I am not a supporter per se of uh, abortion, legalized abortion, I am pro-life, but I am, I, as a born-again Christian, I recognize and fully acknowledge God's free will over our own lives, even with the knowledge of knowing that we still have to stand before God for all of our actions, like everybody will. No matter who we are, no matter if we believe he exists or not, no matter if we believe in the Bible or not, he, he, he it, it just is. Those are just facts, they're truth. Um, at any rate, um, the overturning, unless I digress, of Roe versus Wade. Um, I think the second part, and maybe this will be a part two to this, is uh, the influx of men getting vasectomies. We'll go into that uh, at a later date. At any rate, the overturning again of Roe versus Wade. I, hmm. For me, it was a jaw-dropping occurrence because I did not think that it was ever going to happen. Although there have been times in the past where it was you know, a hot button topic on the news. It was an alarm, if you will, that was rang 
in like the different churches that I've attended, a talk, a conversation piece, um, uh, an argument, you know, in society, you know, you're in an elevator with a person, you're sitting in a waiting room with a person, you're, you know, you're in a public place and you're all waiting and the conversation gets brought up of, are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? It could bring up a bunch of uh, static. And this, of course, with it finally occurring, a static <laughs> is the least that it brought up. There have been protests going on all over the country. There are protesters to the the disagreement, the open show of disagreement and disapproval of the overturning. People are, you know, barging through protesters, running over them, striking them with their vehicles. I don't agree with that. I, I can't understand how people can't see the parallel, if you will. And not even if you will, but literally the parallel, you would willingly try to kill a living human being who is protesting her rights to kill a baby. You're against her protest, or you're against the protestings of that this right, or former right, but you're willing to protest so much against their protest that you're willing to kill them. It just doesn't add up to me, guys. The scales are not balanced. It's like people are losing their minds we've just come through one major round of you know the the worst one of the worst times in human history the time of the implementation of COVID and I I say implementation for a reason because more than one reason actually or more than a reason actually because of course as soon as the virus spread all over the world then the necessity the mandates for vaccines became a thing became a reality and so that's why I I say implementation of at any rate I digress so (laughs) this world has been locked up for over two years now there are protests everywhere different laws are being stricken that gave previous liberties whether it was morally right or wrong it was in law so it was acknowledged it was respected it was allowed um and the part for the part of abortion or the process of it that does bother me is that the, the need for the procedure, not the act of taking the life of a baby whose heart is beating, you know, who's developed to a certain stage. It's not that is the need for the procedure in the case of. I've. I know people who've had abortions. I know people who've had to have the procedure because they've miscarried their babies. They need to have what's called a DNC. Um, and the DNC basically clears out all of the, and I'll call it matter, the tissue that remains once the, the, the 
once growing baby has died, the once developing baby has died and ceased to exist, the it's still a critical part of women's health. And I think that, and I know rather that whatever agenda that has pushed and forced at least uh, five Supreme Court justices to vote in this right, in this direction, they missed that totally. I don't think provision was accurately, adequately made for this. And so now what? You know, we were subject to have just these festering, diseased, ill-developed, glandular clusters of tissue in our wombs and there's no provision made for helping to remedy that treatment wise medically surgically except to maybe get a hysterectomy and I'm not even sure if how it was written whether it just forces that as a whole just forces uh, a hysterectomy because they don't want to Um, and I venture to say women who have had abortions in the past because I've never had one they made such decisions you know there's the common discussion there's the common first point of what about the case of incest the forced sexual encounter with a family member and which results in the conception of a baby you're forcing the woman to relive that event by making her grow and carry and birth this child that in addition to the forced encounter and the memories and the trauma of childbirth and the threat to her own life because childbirth itself puts our bodies at 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 risk because you know our pelvic structure literally disassembles in order to make way for the baby to pass that full dilation um i don't think people take that i don't think they took that into consideration the and then after that then there's the force of having the woman to take care of the baby or to go through the angst the trouble of having to find find you know a safe home for it and by and large because that may have occurred there's so much trauma in it you know all that's all the woman can do to prevent her own psyche from splintering just to separate herself from the painful memories so I I venture to say that she's in a considerably weakened state and can't put action attention focus energy on trying to find a stable home for this baby which may not even be properly developed because of the crossing of the same or similar DNA because of the family relation. Then there's the rape by an absolute stranger. Uh, same thing though. 
forcing them to remember the encounter, forcing her to carry it, thus live with it every day of her life, which is already which which she's already going to anyway. Um, except for the grace of God through prayer and through therapy and or medication or or lifelong counseling to help her get through life after having survived a rape. Uh, the development let's see the other part of it again as, as I mentioned initially about how the procedure itself of, of going into the uterus to remove growths and tissues uh, teratoma they develop basically an underdeveloped maldeveloped cluster of tissues that may or may not start out, out as a normal developing uter- um, fetus and it just something goes wrong uh, chromosomally um, hopefully that's the proper I think that's the proper pronunciation of that word uh, in that developmental stage uh, and instead of a full grown baby it's just a cluster of tissues and maybe a few fully developed section like maybe teeth or you know just different maybe hair and you know just which 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 also puts the woman at stress and heartbreak because you're hoping all of this time it's been a baby that's been developing and the but they'll need to remove all the cells from the uterus after that again just so many um, nuances that come with the necessity for the procedure of an abortion or the same steps to be taken which are otherwise normally typically called an abortion Uh, whether the Supreme Court and or the pro-life or pro-choice lobbyists with the healthcare industry, whether they'll get together and call another procedure something else to skirt around it to make those same treatments available to women, I don't know. Seems like they should, right? If the tech community are developing all these new ways to do things tech-wise and um, to make our lives so-called easier, it seems like with the you know, the, the research of you know developing uh, external wounds, like for those who you know can't have children, can't carry children of their own, or for those from the LGBTQIA plus community who want to uh, procreate. Uh, you think that if they're developing, like for instance, artificial wounds, that they can develop a, a device or a procedure, piece of machinery or uh, surgical tools and overall procedure that do just that, but remove the name abortion so that, you know, they can still get women what we need treatment-wise should these cases arise, and they always will. Um, 
so that they're in compliance with the law, but they're not stuck having to, and it's been dwindled down to, or left up to the rights, so to speak, the permissions, the allowances, so to speak, they've been uh, divvied out to the states. So now there may be 10 or 11 states that have automatically um, uh, implemented the no abortions here. Uh, law and so there are states other states that uh, are open and they're havens California has already made themselves known as a haven and not only that there are certain CEOs of certain companies that have openly stated that we will provide these services for our employees if they need it uh, there have been different people in society who have begun to step up and introduce the topic of Men who have benefited from abortion and how they can no longer be silent about it because they have, again, benefited. And when in my time growing up, um, I have, excuse me, guys, hold on. In my time growing up, the topic of abortion was more than taboo. It was like absolutely not discussed you did not talk about abortion we didn't talk about it it was like sex during my day children were seen in the herd the topics that pertain to those things that were for maturity you know for the mature audience you know parental discretion it was for the adults we didn't discuss that and and so when my classmates and such started, you know, when the subject of abortion rather uh, became a thing for me or became, came into my knowledge sphere, <laughs> making a word, I was in high school and it, again, it was, a, it was a shameful thing. It was beyond taboo, but it's beyond taboo. It was an unspeakable thing. We it was it was kept in secret. You know, you had a classmate that may start may have started showing. You know, when her you know the the nurse her her abdomen you know begins to swell. The baby's developed into you going into that um that um, that second trimester, and then she disappears for a couple of weeks comes back skinny as a rod just looking as quote unquote as normal as she once did before and then you find out later oh that's where she went oh, she had an abortion oh my gosh but you dare not ask her because again it was an unspeakable thing it was kept very secret very private um and so it was easier to respect the person's privacy back then because we were children and our parents didn't, you know, sex education wasn't discussed. It wasn't in the schools. It was just being discussed in the schools, as a matter of fact. Like, this is late 80s, uh, late late middle 80s, going into the early 90s, high school and, I'm sorry, junior high, junior high years and high school kids or or middle school and high school for you know, how it's a reference now. We didn't talk about it. And because it wasn't talked about, it was almost an understanding from our parents 
or by our parents that we don't talk about it so you don't do it. You're not an adult. That's for grown people. Um, that's for married people. Um, and sex for us was, it occurred when you were in love. That's what the, the teenage rom-coms taught us. The coming of age movies taught us. But the what could happens <laughs> did not come up. The abortion or the, the pregnancy. And there was a movie that came out uh, around that time called The Blue Lagoon where basically these two teens, they were, they were white and they got stranded somehow on this island and they were supposedly kind of Romeo and Juliet-ish age, 13, 14, 15. Uh, the, the, Julie, um, the, the girl got her period and then they, you know, of course had sex because the natural progression of things, you know, the, the human attraction, the human sexual attractions there. They, you know, got pregnant and she had her baby. Um, I don't remember how the Blue Lagoon ended, but again, the normal progression of things with human sexuality and development is that the opposite sex, they are attracted to each other. We're supposed to be attracted to each other. That's how pro, it's like the help for the process of procreation. Um, so in those coming of age movies, again, abortion wasn't outright discussed. It was, oh, she's having a baby and it's, she's having a baby, not he's having a baby, not, well, where's the father? Who's the father? And societally, we've always put the burden on the mother. So now, you know, in hindsight and coming back to the subject of now that Roe versus Wade, uh, again, a law that's been signed in for the past 50 years through the women's liberation movement of the uh, late 60s and 70s, the burden twice over is back on the mother. But with the, again, with the progression, and maybe I should do it at the same, um, maybe I'll go ahead and do it here now. With the, with the advancement of medical technology and medical procedures, there has been talk over the years of the contraception, birth control. Uh, there's been the female condom, uh, of course, vasectomies, but there's been so many things that have been developed for sexual pleasure and for the for the support of sexual gratification possibly for um well kind of partly for the um to assist women in their older ages to assist couples in their older ages to conceive that we still skipped over the the forcing and the facing of the topic of uh, male birth control. We cannot have children without them. And the only thing that seems to remain the topic that has been fought and fought and fought up until now has been the vasectomy. Because, of course, you know, to be virile as a man, it's more than a rite of passage 
it is the very thing that's tied to their manhood you know literally their ability to procreate oh you're swimming you're swimming swimming you know they they jokingly say to each other um in multitudes of man caves and you know barber shops and whatnot um but now because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade surprise guess what has become a topic of discussion as if it was like gangbusters uh, it's, it's, it's popping off like gangbusters uh, the discussion and the reality and the influx oh I'm sorry the reality that there has been and become an influx rather of men that are going to get vasectomies now the because the fear now the threat now of a a baby that could come from a sexual fling or a relationship that was only sex where there's no commitment there's no marriage whether it's in the marriage that you're already in or outside of your marriage if you are married there's no way to prevent it now because if you're going to have a sexual affair outside of your marriage sure the only other thing that well no I can't even say the blue pill I'm sorry the 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 day after pill or the plan b I think it's being called the thing about the plan b is the discussion and the topic of contraception is on the table now we're hearing and so with the topic of the contraception on the table now law wise that is at risk also so again it forces even more the demand for more men to begin getting vasectomies and it is very swiftly like it has been a matter of days since that's been overturned so it's very swiftly becoming not a hotbed topic it's becoming a reality like hey we have to go get this you know the practice of pulling out or withdrawing during uh, during intercourse and how pulling out or withdrawing is not 100% again men have begun to get vasectomies and so even with the topic or even with the uh, platforms or point of views of those who are pro-life and those who are pro-choice by default it forces the men into the discussion which I believe and feel like they always should have been Be, but because the my body my choice pro-choice um, campaign has been so loud in more than one more than many ways men have been pushed out and or left out of the discussion except on the other side when the baby is born and when there's child support you know it's been forced upon you know a a a a handful I'll say (laughs) even though it's been you know well over that because the child is here uh but in such case now not only is the child going to be here it almost cinches the 
existence of the child, the full term birth of it, which again is forcing men who don't want to have children to go ahead and get the procedure so that they can live, you know, as responsibility free as they like and continue having commitment free, uh, consequence free on the pregnancy side, um, now with contraception of course we all know that you know condoms are not 100% only abstinence is you know pull out or withdrawing you you can count in the days but this again is where the pro-lifers based on their necessary um, based on their religious beliefs this is like a factor that I don't think they consider as well. And that is, it doesn't matter how many days of the cycle that you count, how many um, foolproof um, practices of the quote-unquote rhythm method you've set into place, uh, for the, the rhythm for the purpose of withdrawal. If you're going to have unprotected sex, even with protection on, even on the pill, even on the IUD, even with pulling out. If God wants you here, if there's a purpose for a baby, guess what's going to happen? But that's getting to the religion, right? Is it though? Because, you know, the bottom line, you know, um, different political heads have been talking talking about oh thank you Donald Trump for saving the white race or white babies with getting Roe versus Wade overturned well likewise if God has a only if God has a purpose for your life will you be here as a person who has survived a miscarriage I can test to that how that being said his sovereignty allows for us to make choices but to get further into whether the spirit is released or the life is released back into time through another person through another pregnancy who knows I I won't get into that but that is always also a factor however you know, with again Roe versus Wade being overturned and men increasingly getting vasectomies to prevent those, to me, the bottom line of it is mankind is doing what we have been doing since the beginning, and that is we started using that free will to make choices that would put us in a disadvantageous position get us out of the will of God, to get us going down the wrong path, to get us making choices that we think are right, um, but has a, 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 you know, all for all intents and purposes, negative outcome. Now, um, the fight, if you will, is still on. The protests are still going on more and more as more men begin to schedule vasectomies, the population, the human population is going to be affected one way or the other. Again, with us coming out of COVID, 
the world lost a million plus people through due to COVID, due to underlying conditions caused by COVID, you know, aging, natural causes wasn't the big factor. Those weren't the big factors. It was COVID. And so now that the world's population has been affected, now the population control is continuing, some people argue. Do they not have any merit? Do they not have any points? I'd say the correlation is clear. (laughs) The correlation is absolutely clear. Um, We will all have to stay tuned. It affects us all. I'm a woman. It affects me. And in like fashion because it affects us all um this does this causes me to you know say the things that I typically say when I end the episodes you know take care of yourselves love on yourselves take care of each other and love on each other because God certainly loves you I don't know whether we're fully demonstrating that as mankind right now uh, that's a pretty safe no because, you know, abortion for many is murder and opinion for others. It's, oh, it's a cluster of cells until the heart starts to beat or until the baby is born, you know, <laughs> or the running over of living human taxpaying, you know, <laughs> human beings. We're not taking care of each other on that right, you know, putting... For a a very, very sliver of a minority of people making decisions that affect the masses, that's not taking care of each other because they're not considering all the nuances and the necessities of it. That's not taking care of each other. We're just all infighting while the rest of the world watches. There's still war going on. You know, there's still other fights that are going on in other countries, but... Again, this is just why I end my podcast episodes the way I do. Um, And as long as we're doing this to each other, I will continue to do it this way. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Um, You have been listening, guys, to the Little Miss Nobody Knows podcast. I am Little Miss Nobody Knows. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to see you guys next time. Uh, please share. Please call in uh, or email into the show. Please um, drop those comments in so that we can uh, begin to get more more topics, more topics, more more topics of discussion. If you'd like to be a guest, if you have a topic of discussion you'd like to bring up, please let us know. Um, the 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 link, the message link is in. We're found on most places that that most podcasts are played. Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Play. I think we're on, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Cast. Just different. Just all the different platforms that podcasts are played. We are there. So contact us. Okay, guys. And in the meantime, and until next time, take care of yourselves, love on yourselves, take care of each other, love on each other, please. And know that God loves you because he does, okay? Take care of yourselves again, uh, and uh, love you guys, and until next time.